Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged here with David. Uh, just another week. David, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How All right, good. Um, we, are, um, we have a full show always, um, and this time I think um, we may even get a little more argumentative because we're going to discuss some economic news, and David and I not always agree. I think this time we're probably going to agree. We're going to agree a little more. Uh, but um, before we get to that, I want to definitely cover the uh, big news, tech news of the week as far as Twitter being in trouble for being hacked and also what was discovered about their the way it was hacked and more information. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, later in the show, I also want to um, go a little more on some economic news and for the rent of the week. I will cover a little bit of the coronavirus situation, which unfortunately doesn't tell us much as far as what we've learned over the past six months since we've been dealing with virus and we're still debating whether wearing masks in public or not is a good idea, which is freaking ridiculous at this point. So I'm already getting excited. So let's roll the music and get started. None of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. All right, welcome back, David. How are you, buddy? I'm good. All right, so since we're going to start with Twitter first, and you are Mr. Uh, Twitter user, I kind of just uh, use it a little bit, but I mean, totally I irrelevant. Need, I, need to, I need to check myself in into uh, yeah. Twitter Holics Anonymous. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it's, especially on days like yesterday, it's it's addicting. We're recording this on a Thursday for reference, and the hack Actually, thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Wednesday. Well, let's put a timestamp on this, is or date stamp more than time. Uh, it's July 16th, and um, July 15th, some Twitter accounts that were. Not uh, some, a lot. A lot, yeah, but they were all. Uh, what do you call them? The checkmark accounts or certified accounts or verified yeah, fam- accounts? Famous people accounts, basically. Yeah, basically, famous people accounts were ha- hacked, and and uh, which kind of makes me feel good that I I don't have a certification or a checkmark or nothing. And it's like you know what? I'm good. I'm completely irrelevant, and I like to stay that way. So I wasn't hacked. I wasn't offering Bitcoin to people for something. But anyways, David, I want to let you um, explain a little more what exactly happened. And, and why is that kind of bad for Twitter, if not really bad for Twitter? Wow. <laughs> I think it doesn't take much explanation as to why it's bad for Twitter. No, I know. I was just trying um, to be uh, sarcastic. Yeah, I mean, you basically said it. I'm sure m- most people watching this probably know what happened by now, but a bunch of Twitter accounts got hacked. Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, Bezos, uh, I think Biden, I think even Obama's account got hacked too. And they basically all tweeted like, send Bitcoin to this address and I, it's like a old scam that was basically like that, Hey, I'm feeling generous, send Bitcoin to this address and I will double it and send it back to you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the old email scam with uh, like Bill Gates. I don't know if you remember those, but uh, every now and then you get an email from Bill Gates, super billionaire and saying, um, Hey, I have all this money. I'm doing some research. Same exact thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I'm willing to give it to you. And people were all excited. It's like, come on, keep a fucking yeah. break. Yeah. So it was that. And uh, the 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 weird thing was, though, that people didn't know who, like, how they were getting into it. Because at first, people thought it was a uh, 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 two factor authentication hack, where basically they uh, were just getting into accounts that. Um, didn't have two-factor authentication on. Then they thought, oh, maybe they sim jacked, 
which is basically where you can steal the SIM card of someone's phone. So when they send the two-factor authentication code, you get it. So there's a bunch of theories. Yeah, about stealing the SIM card for... Right, well, that like. got... All those were... Because remember, it started with just Elon. And then it was Bill Gates. And then it was like... It became more people. Then it was Kanye. Then it was like... It became more people. Um, and then that theory started going away. Um, and then by the time they had like the Apple Twitter account, the Uber Twitter account, all the crypto exchanges, Coinbase, uh, Binance, all of Cash App, all of them started tweeting that stuff. So by the time that happened, it was like, okay, something very weird is happening here. And uh, basically, it came out later that... Well, but before that, I think Twitter actually... Um uh, stopped yeah, all yeah. the so certified all the yeah all the, Twitter basically stopped all verified accounts from being able to tweet to from being able to tweet exactly right. because so, they didn't want to, these hackers to keep tweeting from verified accounts right so verified obviously the ones with the blue check mark right. basically none of those guys were able to tweet anything they just blocked right. them right or not blocked them but they 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 stopped them from being able to right tweet. for like I don't know how long it was. I think it was like an hour or two hours or something. Mm -hmm. They couldn't tweet. Um, In other words, Twitter was trying to figure out what the heck was going on within their own their own system. Right. So it turned out not being a hack in the traditional sense of like basically finding a bug in the code or something like uh, that. Or into it a was, server, yeah. It was, they paid a Twitter, was it a current or former employee? I don't know. It's probably current, I would assume. It has to be current. I mean, right. Uh, so I mean, they basically paid a Twitter. Was it one or more? I, well, they were. They for what I read yesterday, and I'm citing, I think, the Verge or some other third-party sources. But they they said that they talked to two of them at least, uh -huh. two of the hackers. So it wasn't just one. It was a group of. No, them, I know. I meant Twitter employees. Was it? Oh, one employee? I don't know. I don't know how many. No. Basically, they got into at least one or multiple Twitter employees and just paid them for access to their employee accounts. Mm -hmm. And I guess it came out that the employee accounts have much more control over the platform than people thought. To right. the point where apparently any employee can literally just tweet on behalf of any accounts on Twitter, which is pretty fucking insane. So, so we have two things here. That's the way, the way we wanted to uh, describe it. Basically, the first thing is that Obviously, you can bribe an employee. Right. Somebody bribed an employee to be able to get into their admin account and be able to basically, it's like somebody breaks into your email server account with the hosting or whatever, and then they can get into your account and have access to it. So that's number one. The fact that one of the Twitter employees, I mean, the system is only as strong as the weakest link. And it looks like the weakest link in this case was actually that you can bribe an employee. That part doesn't surprise me that much. Bribery but, happens I mean, all but the that time. was the security of Twitter. You well, can just okay, give my, somebody money. It's less, people get bribed. You, you can't, when you have thousands of employees, you know, you're going to have bad apps. But you it should, happens. yeah, but you should have some kind of, uh, uh, no system in place to check that out, but let's just but, move but, on. But my thing is, it's not so much that the employee <clears throat> got bribed; it's that the apparently the employees have so much power. Yes, that's, over the that's the other issue that he brought up: the fact that all the things that Twitter has been denying for a long time, including the right. CEO Jack Dorsey, right? So it turned out to be not true or basically a lie because they, they have. They so posted screenshots of the dashboard. Of the Twitter's dashboard, have. correct. That, that Twitter employees have. And I guess they can basically, um, they, there was literally things called search blacklist, uh, trends blacklist, and other things like that, where- I'm gonna make a note while you talk because I wanna put a screenshot of the-, of the uh, Are you gonna pull it up now? 
No, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put it in the show notes. Okay. So, but I, I, what you're talking, I'm gonna make. Um, um, but basically, they have all these tools that they kind of denied having. They said, "Oh, we don't block trends. Oh, we don't blacklist people on search." Which the search blacklist has been a theory for a long time. Right. Because I've myself. I remember literally a couple of weeks ago, I was trying to search for someone on Twitter, and they're like the most famous person with that name. I forget who it was, and they weren't showing up in the results. I was like, this is the most per famous person with this name and they weren't showing up with results. Right. And then I had to type in their ads directly and then I found the account. Mm. And so maybe some Twitter employee blacklisted and I don't think it was even a controversial person. So I don't know why they did that. But anyways, uh, that's been a theory for a long time. And now it was very much proven uh, that they do do that. Um, and the ramifications for this are very... Uh, serious for Twitter. Yeah, the other, but I know what you're going to get to, but uh, um, the other thing is also with trends. I mean, not only, well, yeah, not so only for people. Said, search and trends. Okay. Um, but the ramifications, and on top of that, the biggest one, employees can tweet on behalf, on behalf of users. Of users. Right. So in this case, like happened in this case, I mean, they, so they, any Twitter employee, like they went on Joe Biden's account. Right. And they could have gone on Donald Trump's Twitter account. It's not like they stole their account and got something. into their account. No, they right. went into Twitter and they were actually able to basically pretend they are Elon Musk or, right. or Biden or whatever and then put their message right there. Right. Which seems like. I mean, if all it takes, forget about inventing code or anything to hack into the computers, all these stream fireworks and everything else. If all it takes is money to bribe an employee and just get in there. And, then it and also, those guys have the power to represent or to pretend to be their people, I mean, the, the user. It also came out that Twitter employees can see all of your DMs. That's true. So don't direct, direct messages. Yeah. Don't DM anything on Twitter that is... Uh, at all controversial, right. scandalous, anything because they can see your DMs. That's another major it's issue. It's not encrypted, basically. That's a major issue, too, because everybody uses DM as a, something to communicate, as a, as a method of communication with another person that I think is private, saying, okay, I, I, I want to give my opinion on something or even communicate with this person, but I don't want to make it a public tweet. I'd rather just DM the person, direct message the person, and tell this. And now it turns out that those things, A, are not encrypted, and be they are visible for everybody that's an employee. And then with the employee turnover that there's in these companies, I mean, those guys can walk away with all the information right. they want. Right. I, right. I mean, that's just... Uh, um, so go ahead with your other point, because I think... Well, uh, the other point was that other people brought up was that if Twitter is uh, basically editing trends and editing search and all of this and what shows up on the trends page... Managing trends, And yeah. promoting specifically putting things on the trends page or not putting things on the trends page, then that would make them a publisher, not just a platform. Exactly. And if they are a publisher that is basically doing editorial, right? If you do editorial, you're a publisher. If you're just a platform where you just host what people say, exactly. then you're not a, a publisher. But publishers, and this was the whole thing with like Trump a month, was it a month ago or so? Right. Uh, that basically now, I mean, Trump well, they were flagging his own tweets and all that. He already threatened to. Right. Trump can now easily take this in addition to what already happened and basically make a real solid case at this point that Twitter is more of a publisher now than a platform mm -hmm. and then regulate them as a publisher, which is very, very different. And basically, Twitter loses all of its protections that they have as right. a platform. So Twitter always uh, claimed that the trends were algorithmically Right. Um, set up. I mean, something is trending is because there's a lot of people that are talking about the topic and then the trend, the algorithm thinks that that trend is trending or that topic is trending. But that's not the case, as you said. I mean, it looks like the trends could be shut down right away if Twitter considers that it's not a good trend 
or they can be pumped if we consider this a good trend, which basically makes them editorial, makes them decide what the platform is doing. So it's not a it's, it's a publisher, like you said. Right, right. Which basically regulates them right totally differently. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, that's kind of a whole Pandora's box that just got opened there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Twitter's going to do to address. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know. It wasn't clear what level status this employee had at the company that gave it up. I don't know if it was an executive or if it was just some engineer. I mean, to have those types of powers, I would hope that it's only like a very select few at the very, very top of the company. But if it's just like, oh, all of our engineers have this power, uh, that's not good. Well, they do have, obviously, all these companies like Facebook, Twitter, and so forth, they have this um, kind of internal police type that uh, controls, you know, things don't get out of hand. So I'm assuming for that kind of control that we saw on those screenshots, it should be somebody that is at that level. I don't think any you know, employee is going to have access to all the stuff, but it has to be somebody like you yeah, said. Yeah, but that Twitter is employees I, hundreds, if not, I don't know if they employ thousands, but certainly hundreds of engineers. Right. Do you think all those engineers have access to that? I don't know if an engineer will have access to the front end as much as the back end of the platform being working, but people that are more on the approval process and basically putting out fires when there's something going on, maybe they have access to those things. Like just like they, like they were talking about flagging emails and all that stuff. Like when when Trump complained, it was because they flagged an email and they said a that tweet. it. Huh? A tweet. I'm sorry, a tweet. Yeah. Um, so those guys have visibility to all those tweets, and that's how they decide, okay, this goes against our policies and against our terms and conditions and so forth. So they flag the tweet, and then, you know, that's when Trump complains. So obviously those guys have visibility to that. Now, I didn't know, or we didn't know, that they had that extra power to not only just flag something that is there and say, okay, this is kind of dubious, I'm going to flag it because of the credibility or, or it's not verified or whatever, or it's not proven to be But correct. why do employees have the power to tweet on behalf of people? What would an employee ever need the power to do that for? I, I think that is not, I don't know, I'm, I'm speculating, but I don't think that is the power to, is, the, is that the ability with to. The, with they the, have a tool that allows them to tweet as Elon you, Musk I or as Joe but I think Biden. That, that might be a side effect of the fact that they can maybe take down a tweet or flag a tweet or do something else and then maybe uh, i don't know i maybe. don't know i mean this is all very new and there's going to be a lot of questions about how that happened and especially what's going to happen in the future i know jack dorsey was tweeting himself trying to apologize for what happened and giving kudos to his employees for working the problem so fast and all that stuff and then obviously the people that were affected not just the ones that were affected with their own accounts being intercepted so to speak like the Elon Musk and all stuff but the rest of the people that were verified accounts that call these you know relevant people that have the check mark and all that stuff weren't able to tweet for over an hour or something which now uh, affects a lot huh? now what conspiracy time yeah there is a lot of conspiracies because the weird thing is that why would someone or group of people who hack all of these high high profile accounts just try to get people to send them Bitcoin with like an obvious scam is that they made a hundred and ten thousand dollars. That's what they made basically in Bitcoin. So they got that's what 11 Bitcoin. So they did all of this. They're risking massive jail time for one hundred and ten thousand dollars. 
but I don't know if they were expecting to get more or if he was because uh, because someone made a very good point I was reading yesterday they said people who own Bitcoin are not are not stupid basically like like people who are smart enough to go out to an exchange and buy Bitcoin and then maybe send it to a wallet are probably not the type of people who are going to fall for a stupid, obvious scam like this. Well, but keep in mind, that's what they did with person that I, I mean, if if it's just small sending the, the email or whatever, but when it's Elon Musk, very, I mean, they, 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 the tweets but that we saw... this is a common scam. I know, but we saw the tweets that were exactly their accounts. I mean, they're tweeting as them. It's not an account that is hacked pretending to be... Yeah, I, I know. I mean, you go to Elon Musk's account and it's like everything is there obvious, and then one of them is there. It was obvious. I mean, the second he tweeted, people I know were saying, oh, you got hacked. Oh, he got hacked. I, I know it's, it's obvious, but uh, even... I mean, and then especially when... One thing is if you just did Elon's account because he was first, but then... When they do it from a dozen famous accounts, you think Joe Biden knows even what the fuck Bitcoin is or <laughs> how to point. give Bitcoin? I mean, give me a break. I don't so uh, that's that's why. Well, I think the most the most important part is what's going to happen after because if these guys were able to access all the DMs, DMs yes. Now there could be a real repercussion right. saying, they could be hey, I have all these, all these DMs that you've sent over the past 12 months that are pretty juicy and relevant to these people. And now as a hacker, which I don't know, is, I do want the real Bitcoin to be sent to me in exchange for me not to publish all these DMs publicly. You know, that could put you in trouble. I mean, imagine, I don't even know if, well, Biden doesn't even control his own account. He has people doing it for him. So I don't even know if he knows how I to DM. That's so funny. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Biden is on the Bitcoin train. Okay. He yeah. knows all yeah, about that it. Kind of, yeah. That kind of is a sign that's saying, okay, that's not, uh, I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I think the people who would do this type of thing, uh, should be smarter than doing a stupid scam like this. But how far does this go? I mean, who investigates this? And what are they um, legal? I'm sure it'll be at the highest level. Well, I'm sure. I mean, is the FBI going to I'm get involved? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, what is the um, judicial system going to do in they this case? They tweeted on behalf of, of, of a, vice candidate, president. a former no. vice president and yeah. someone who is has the could be our president. Like, right. yeah, they're going to investigate. Right. So my point is, for these hackers to take a risk like that, uh, they have to have more reward than $110,000. They must, and the other thing is, people are saying, it wasn't rogue hackers. It was state, another like state, basically, hackers. It, it was like maybe China, or maybe the US government, or some government doing it. It wasn't rogue hackers. Um, explain that like like, like was, basically instead of it being rogue hackers just a, a group of people who wanted to do this it was state funded uh, cyber attack basically so you, you think another country that was involved in doing no this? idea no idea but it it's just it doesn't make sense but I mean well, I, the main thing for me is if, if these guys go to one employee or two or whatever and they say hey we're gonna give you this money and you give us access because first thing. of all to bribe a twitter employee right i mean they would have to bribe them i mean i don't know how much they gave them but 
I would hope a Twitter employee wouldn't do it for like 50 grand because they but make way more than that. Yeah, you'll be freaking out thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get caught. Of what, course. What kind of safeguards do you they have? They would have to give you a ton of money to, no, to take that risk. But not just the money. I mean, they guarantee that you're not going to get caught. I mean, money means nothing yeah, if you spend your money your, the rest of your life in jail for these things. So, of course. So they need to say, oh, this will be anonymous. We'll never know. People will never know that I'm coming through your computer or that it was that we. I mean, all that stuff needs to be explain somehow because if it's as easy as forget about inventing code to hack into a firewall or something I mean if all it takes is to give somebody money what if they give somebody at the NSA or CIA money to get into the CIA computers if it's just bribing people that's the easiest way to hack into a computer you know hey just uh, leave the password and uh, your access in a napkin here so I take you out to dinner I mean is it that simple I mean, I, I don't understand that. The reason that. it doesn't make sense to me is because if you're if you're a Twitter employee, let's assume that it's someone who has at least a decently high level in the company to have these tools. This is a person who is probably making, I would guess, at least... Six uh, figures. No, but yeah, like probably 200 or more a year. It depends where they live, blah, blah, blah. But let's say they make 250000 a year, which is pretty reasonable for a engineer or... If they're even higher level, I don't know. In in uh, uh, a Twitter in San Francisco, um, so if they're making that, the hackers only made one hundred ten thousand dollars. So, yeah, I mean they they need to know. Did they pay this Twitter? Why would a Twitter employee do it for like fifty grand? There's no way they would do it. They had to give them big money. They would have to offer this Twitter employee like five million dollars to take a risk like that. There's no way. There's yeah. no way. I mean, uh, well, and so who has five million dollars to just pay a person like that? And and I don't even know. I mean, we're speculating with the information we have so far that it was the Twitter employee or something. But who knows if that person is no longer there, or if he's uh, an employee that took the account from another employee, or uh, I mean, all that stuff. But the, the fact of the matter is that they were able to get into people's accounts right, in a fairly easy and yeah, that's well, way. that's one part. But right. I'm saying, who did it? Well, that's that's what I said. That that's what nobody knows, and that's where all the conspirators are coming. Right. Because people were saying, "Well, they didn't hack." Everybody was saying they didn't hack uh, Trump's account. I can't believe they didn't. Right. I mean, they they basically he, did everybody but him as right. far as high like profile. Like everybody, Twitter everybody. Accounts. I mean, if there's one person that tweaks the heck out of, a and that's why now there's, of course, the right. conspiracy that it was Trump doing it. Because why would every account except for Trump's do it? <laughs> he was he's behind it. Law and order. Because um, he wanted. Now there's the conspiracy that he wants to take down Twitter, and so he did this. And obviously he didn't do it to his account, but he did it to all these other accounts. And now he's going to use this to take down Twitter. Well, they, in theory, they took down his account because he's also a verified person. So he he wasn't able to tweet yeah, Law true. and Order for about an hour, an hour, which gave everybody a break for a little bit, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested to see um, what's going to happen with Please this. Please post your conspiracies in the comments <laughs> below. I'm very interested to hear. But uh, you follow more of the thread of uh, information. And, and, and I was looking yesterday when when Jack posted a reply or, a, or an update on Twitter, then the thread of people pro con and all that stuff was incredible like you could spend hours just looking at people's comments and all that stuff but you follow a little more other other sources what is the overall from from tech people what was the overall impression as far as how this happened and, and how this happened I mean, no, it's not, obvious not, how it happened no the, not the how but uh, not exactly how it happened but why why did this happen what are the repercussions for Twitter I mean Twitter I is think not it's, doing so I think it's bad I think it's bad because one, that to have 
a vulnerability like that is really bad. And then two, to have all these tools that they lied about for so long now publicly visible, uh, that's not good. That's not good. I don't know exactly. Obviously, I can't predict what repercussions, but I'm, I mean, has, has Trump said anything about it? I, haven't I seen was going to ask you. That's the thing. I'm, I don't I'm looking think I didn't now, see anything. I'm looking at Twitter stock and it doesn't seem to be like he's been so affected. I, I'm I'm honestly shocked he didn't say anything. Right. He was he just have, in but, a battle. But with even them. Twitter today is down one percent. I mean, yeah, I don't I mean, know what happened. Twitter stock. Night. I don't know if it's going to well, be I mean, if the platform is, is not reliable, it should be much, much more of a of a change. But it's basically down with the market, like maybe half a percent, one percent. So it's not really um, affected that much as far as what people think of Twitter as a company. So no, he hasn't tweeted anything yet, at least. All right, all right. So I want to move on to. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely follow up on this on this topic and see what's um, what's this. What's Do you up think? With? It just it just doesn't make sense that that sophisticated hackers would do something like this and not make. I don't think they were less sophisticated. They went like. No, but this. if you if if you maybe not sophisticated, but if you pull a stunt like this, you know it's going to be major, major, major. Well, that's where I said that. And when so, I say why it happened or how it happened, I just what's say, okay. the goal? Because the, I I just don't believe that the goal was just to try to get some Bitcoin. There's no fucking. No, way. no, no. That's not the goal. But the the thing is, if there's the the how it happened when I, okay we said yeah we know how it happened, but to me, the fact that this guy is trying to approach one employee, one engineer, whatever, and say, okay, want to try 10, or maybe one will say yes. It's, it's just, you know, like, and then uh, even if they try 10, and one, and then they say, no, 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 fuck, I don't want to do that, or no, I don't want to do that, and all that stuff. And then one says, mm, you know, the money is good, I'll do it, if that's the case. But the other eight or nine would have reported this thing, saying, hey, I need to tell you, uh, big wig, about me, that I was approached by anonymous sources saying, trying to bribe me to give him access to this. That raises a flag right there. And then Twitter should have said, hey, we've heard this from two, three, four guys and be aware that this is happening. But all that stuff is just like, uh, it, something doesn't pass this sniff test for me, you know? Because they don't pinpoint one guy and say, this is our guy, we're gonna give him money and he's gonna take our offer. No, you, you need to try different people at that level and then figure out, Okay, well, maybe this guy is very... Right, and like I said, to me, what doesn't make sense is these people would make good money, very good money. So to bribe them with enough money to get them to do this, especially knowing that they could go to jail if they get caught, right. That and on top of that, that they already make high six figures, you're going to have to bribe them with a lot. And they would... I would I, if they gave... If, if a Twitter employee did it for less than at least a million... I would guess much more mm -hmm. than they're out of their minds. But if they gave someone a few million to get access and they made a yeah, hundred thousand, there's well, no way they thought they were going to get millions of people sending them Bitcoin, right? Right, obviously. There's no way. It's not. All right. So, um, all right. So we'll stay tuned. More, more in the coming. Tell us your conspiracies. Okay. I want to know. Um, someone said uh, TikTok strikes back. <laughs> Another company that is actually happy now uh, that made up or saved a bunch of billion is Apple. Um, How much did they save? 
15 billion dollars it's like pocket change for them they don't care That's well it's right. fucking change for, no Tim i think cook wipes his ass with 15 billion so i wouldn't go that far but no well the story is that apple this is going back this is how long these things take um back in 2016 the european union complained that ireland which is where apple was supporting revenues um was giving apple a very preferential tax treatment which basically saved Apple of billions of dollars in taxes, um, corporate taxes, obviously. So even though Ireland was giving them a very beneficial tax rate, I believe it was like 10% or something corporate tax rate, but I don't have the number, but it was definitely low double digits. 12. Yeah, something like that. Remember. 10, 12. But Google was doing the same thing. Obviously, it was less than back then in the U.S. was like 35 or, you know, just corporate tax rates. So, uh, but even the, the EU has, each country has different tax rates. And obviously, we all know about the, the Dutch sandwich and the, uh, the, the Holland and Ireland and all the stuff. And uh, so, but Ireland was giving Apple a very preferential tax treatment. So, they pay so little that even the European Union complained, saying, no, you guys are doing this and Apple should pay... I think they said it was 13 billion euros back then in corporate tax that they had not paid because you guys didn't tax them enough. So obviously Ireland didn't want that to happen because they wanted to attract the big tech companies to go there and have headquarters in their country. And um, the European Union said, yeah, but you're part of the European Union and you need to basically tax at a level that is you know, equivalent to the rest of the countries and so forth. Anyways, this thing went on for about four years since 2016, and finally, the um, the European Union's uh, general court um, solved the the thing, or basically um, uh, sided with Apple, saying there was no sufficient evidence that Ireland did anything wrong. Therefore, Apple is off the hook, and the, whatever they paid is fine. They don't need to pay additional 13 billion euros, which is about 15 billion dollars in taxes. So. I don't know how much they spend on lawyers. Definitely, probably not fifteen billion dollars. Um, uh, but um, it's good for Apple. I don't know if the stock reflected that. I don't know if they, even their investors were thinking that they were going to have this fifteen billion tax um, bill from the European Union. But they got away without it, so that's good. And it could be also uh, positive news for similar companies, like we know Google and other major tech companies, Amazon included, have. Uh, uh, some kind of tax entities uh, in Europe. And we, we discuss here the GAFA tax, which is the Google, Apple, uh, Facebook, and um, Amazon uh, that European uh, Union countries are trying to implement to revenues from those companies uh, or revenues that those companies make in, in their countries. And that's also very controversial. It's trying to be postponed and negotiated in each country. France now pushed it back because they kind of, uh, Macron and um, President Bush, um, and President Trump uh, shook President hands. Bush, ooh, that was a flashback. Way back. Um, so so um, anyways, that's good news for Apple. And um, they are uh, off the hook. So we'll see uh, until the next fight comes. But it's just ama- amazing that uh, it's taken four years for this thing to be solved. So when, when you hear something about yeah, well, when you're trying to get them to pay $15 billion. Right, right exactly. It's just that these things um, drag forever, and then at the end, nothing happens, and people forget about it. So I don't think investors even were worried about it, but now it's official. So, All right, David. So I wanted to um, switch over a little bit to um, um, some more uh, economic news in general, because you and I were talking about... Um, uh, Overall, as we face the second half of the year, uh, what's 
what are we doing right or what are we doing wrong? By we mean the country, you know. Like I know you're a big um, um, proponent of the government or against government intervention in these situations and all this. In what situations? In the stimulus packages and all the stuff that we I'm have. I'm not right against. Now. No, I mean, there's a fine line. Like, like, the, my biggest problem is not so much that. It's like it's like you can have certain stimulus for a rainy day. Um, and use it, and this was maybe an appropriate case of using it. But the problem is not so much that they used it now, it's that they've been pumping stimulus for a decade while things were good, so that by the time you actually need it, you just are basically causing hyperinflation. But let me, let me tell you where I come from. Um, the market, which I know is a bad reflection of the economy, but that's how people reflect on the economy. And, and how they utilize the money, too, is another thing. We, right, we so, so the market is... I don't know exactly today, it's a little down or something, but basically it's been borderline to being positive for the year. Okay, so we started the year in good shape, going up and all that, which is Trump's claim of fame. The market was records and all that. Unemployment was super low, the market was great and all that. And then obviously we had the March uh, dip, which was the, the bottom of this pandemic recession. And then the market started recovering and now we're at a point where actually positive for the year where Nasdaq is been beating records with all the tech stocks but they they the the Dow Jones the S&P the one that that uh, to me makes sense right because right obviously because they're not affected as right. much right so those companies are thriving yeah those companies are thriving in this situation but you look at the S&P 500 which is more of a global look even though we, we dispute that um uh, the Dow and all that stuff they're basically bordering being positive for the year so you wonder why is that happening you know so i i there's a, a huge disconnect between what is really happening with the economy or on what is happening with the market. Because if the market goes high, it's because companies obviously are doing well, but we know companies are not doing well. So what is, what are we doing wrong? I mean, the, this whole policy, are we just artificially inflating the market and the economy to keep yes. it positive? Yes. Well, I know, but I want you to explain why or, or debate why, because... This this bubble that we're creating here is going to burst at some point very heavily. So what is it that we're doing now with this stimulus packages where it seems like it seems like we're basically creating this huge parachute telling people, hey, no matter how what, what happens, we're gonna be saving you. And I, I know this is a very controversial statement, but it's like at the end of the day, we're acting like a socialist country, basically saying Hey, no matter what you do, you take risk, you do this, you do that, something happens, at the end of the day, we're going to send you money. Or we're going to take it from these people and give it to you. Or, but or you know, the problem is, here's the problem. It's, it, the problem with the U.S. <laughs> is that it's really, it's not socialist and it's not capitalist. It's somewhere in between. Um, um, and... The problem with a situation like this, like we were talking the other day about how mortgage application rates ha are going up, not down. So there's more applications, yeah. But there's, that's there's more people buying houses, basically. Uh, the stock market's still going up. Uh, basically, asset prices across the board still are going up, despite what you would think would be a major event that would cause asset prices to drop across the board. Um, but what I told you and the harsh reality is that this pandemic, basically, like most recessions, but especially in this pandemic, you know why? You know who buys homes? 
not poor people. Poor people don't buy homes. Poor people rent. Uh, poor people cannot afford to buy homes. They can't even afford the deposit on a home. And so poor people who are the ones most affected, who work the service jobs, who work these in-person jobs, who got laid off, those are the people who are most affected. The people who work office jobs with better salaries were able to work from home. Maybe some of them got laid off. Maybe some of them got pay cuts. But for the most part, upper middle class and wealthier people were fine. They didn't really get affected by this. The market is fine. It's back to normal. If you work in tech, you're totally fine. Right. So ultimately, it was poor people that got hurt, poor and lower middle class people that got hurt. And so why is the market doing well and housing uh, buyers still going up? Well, because poor people don't buy houses. And so really, this has disproportionately hurt poor people and lower middle class people. And there's a massive disconnect between the stock market. How can the stock market be at the same level? If it's supposed to represent the economy, which it doesn't, but if it's supposed to, then how can you have, how can you go from lowest unemployment ever to highest unemployment in a hundred years? And then all of a sudden, but, but the market doesn't change. Right, right. So that, that, that obviously <clears throat> means that the market is completely disconnected from the entire economy. The market is, what the market really represents is the, the uh, wealth of the top 10% probably, I would say top 20%. That's really what it measures because that's the people who own stocks. Most people don't own any stocks. No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, a lot of people that have jobs own stocks, even if they don't know it. All their retirement plans are basically based mm. on stocks. Yes, no, Every, yes, but everybody that works for a company, whatever is a high level, low level, you participate in any type of 401k, unknowingly, you are actually own stocks. But a lot of people don't have 401ks. Well, I know, but a lot of people do too. So, yeah, so, upper middle class and above do. Right. Poor people don't have 401ks. Well, I mean, I don't like to dis define like poor people, rich people, I whatever. Mean, poor I just, people, I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to say it in a derogatory term, people who meet the are below the poverty threshold in the United States is if how I should probably say it. Okay. And I'm not saying it in a derogatory way. I'm saying it in a the way the government goes about stimulus disproportionately helps the rich versus the poor while wealthier people need the help less. Basically. Yeah, but my point That's is my point. The reaction you, from the you, government when you do stimulus and you start buying corporate junk bonds. When you right, corporate junk bonds, okay, are rated so poorly that big mutual funds and other funds and pension funds aren't even allowed to buy those because they're rated too risky to buy for those funds. But now the Fed is buying them, right? The Fed has added trillions to their balance sheet, okay? And people don't know what the balance sheet means. That just basically means how much does the Fed owe? And they've added trillions this year. But of those trillions, a small, small, small amount has actually gone to people in the form of stimulus. So how can you print $6 trillion <clears throat> and then only a very small amount of that go to actual people and small businesses while the far, far, far majority of that just went to big corporations? That's all it went to. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different discussion. The fact that some of the stimulus went to even private equity and hedge funds and things like that. That's, that's just something different. But my, my main point is that by this, by uh, promoting or continuing with these stimulus packages, we're actually hurting the economy. And we discussed before that a lot of this unemployment, extended benefits, and all that stuff are actually hurting 
companies and businesses that want to get back to business, right. but they are unable to convince their employees to say, hey, come back to work because whatever money they were making, they're making more money now or all things considered, they're more comfortable right. staying and home and is, just getting their stimulus package. Asset you know? prices are up, not necessarily because they're worth more, but because the value of the dollar is worth less because we've flooded the supply of dollars. Yes. And so that's why asset prices go up. But who does that disproportionately hurt? Who owns assets? More wealthy people, upper middle class people. But people at the poverty threshold, they don't own assets. They have most of their money in cash because they need to use it to live. Correct. But now their cash is worth significantly less than it was six months ago. So all of these things, the problem is that you know, we do, uh, Mark Cuban said it best, we have socialism for the rich in the United States. Well, that's we just don't have socialism for the poor. That's exactly and my I'm point. And I'm not a socialist, that's but exactly I'm saying it's really fucked. If you're going to have socialism for the rich and not have it for the poor, well, then that's totally fucked. Well, that's the thing that we're talking about socialism. Like, like it has all these words like equality and this and that, all these beautiful things that people say, yeah, yeah, tax more of the rich and all that stuff. And that's all BS. But at the same time, we try to be... Uh, a free market economy and and you know that rewards those who work and entrepreneurial and then you know those guys by being rewarded they actually help the economy grow by hiring people and the whole economy works that way but it turns out that at the end of the day we react or we put patches that are more like socialist for the rich patches saying oh well right. you know uh, if, if your company fails, don't worry, you can file for bankruptcy and wipe off all your debt, and then um, you can open tomorrow another company and start from scratch. Okay, well, that to me means that I have a big parachute and saying, this is not like jumping off a plane. If a parachute that doesn't open, I'm, I'm going to fucking fry myself. And right, cook. The, the problem you is know, that... But, this is the problem. But right? the same thing, the same thing with everything else. I mean that that we have, uh, we're basically we we talk about the airlines. The airlines basically are asking okay. for this bailout, the, and they're still firing or letting laying off thirty thousand people, twenty thousand people. They're saying right. well, it's like okay, you you operate a business that is that limited and that badly managed. You deserve to die. You deserve let the economy take over, and then my another problem company. With, my problem with uh especially a lot of people who say and by the way i agree that people need to be accountable for themselves that people need to take responsibility for themselves that they shouldn't rely on the government to take care of them right you i'm not you can have social safety nets and say hey if things get really bad if something like a pandemic an extreme situation where it's nobody's fault it's just basically we had this crisis then the government can step in and help but the problem is that you can't out of one breath say oh well you know poor people are poor because they don't want to hold themselves accountable but then you take all these mega corporations who have no accountability whatsoever and completely bail them out and that's the problem that's the problem right there and if you if you're gonna not hold these mega corporations accountable then what kind of examples is that set for everybody below them and what kind of fairness is that so if you're a corporation that spends a ton of money lobbying and uh has all of these uh, uh, extra benefits, you get to be not held accountable. But if you're a small business, fuck you. Go fuck yourself, basically. That's what the government said. Yes, but I prefer if the government doesn't get so involved. Yeah, no shit, of course. Me right. Too. I uh, don't mind. Like I said, and the other problem is that if the, if the government, if, if for the last decade, 
okay, the U.S. government had let interest rates rise. They hadn't been pumping QE to infinity like they were. They hadn't been stimulating the economy uh, infinitely, basically, for the last 10 years when things were good. Then, now in a situation like this, they would have plenty of room to do so. But when we already go into a crisis where interest rates are 1%, when we go into a crisis where we've already printed so much money that it's going to cause hyperinflation, well, which is do you happening think, now. Do you really think that people, and I'm not trying to minimize the rest of the world or the rest of the population, but do you really think that people understand no, not at all. where money comes from? No. Like when the government sends this, they, they, they approve this, first two trillion stimulus package and three trillion stimulus package where it costs the CARES Act and all that stuff. Do you think people understand that they are actually paying for that money somehow? Do you think people know that no. the, the, the government doesn't have any money, that the government only has people's money? Right. Right. I mean, That's Yes, I say this all the time. Like People talk about the government like it's some entity. Right. No, the government doesn't have money. The right. government has our money. The government doesn't make money, basically. Well, that's it's the not point. like a company that makes money and then pays its employees and all that. No, no, no. The government doesn't generate revenue. The right. government's revenues are taxes right. or the other money is they just print it, basically. That's well, how the government has money. Or they sell bonds. That's basically the three ways that they make money. Right. They literally they sell, make money They sell debt like anybody it, else. Yeah. It's like they, a, they get like a second mortgage themselves based on, on their value. But No, I don't think people understand. I definitely don't think people understand inflation. Um, well, that's the other point. That's the other thing. So, so when people receive this check, they say, "Oh, yeah, this is great money in my pocket," but they don't understand that that money is not that the government had this money. They just decided to print extra money, which basically, right. like I said, devalues the currency and in the long term, it creates all this and who, inflation. What the groups? problem is when it's so global, as we were talking the other day. Yeah. Then when when if I let's let's bring it down to a more uh, a lower level where everybody understands. If I need money for whatever you know, for my house or for something, I ask for a loan, okay? And then I get a loan and the person that gives me the loan or company or bank says, okay, yeah, you're a good credit, all that stuff. I'm gonna give you a loan at this interest rate based on your payment terms and then you're gonna pay back and all that stuff, perfect, okay? But they consider my assets, my history, whatever. And they, they give me a loan based on the risk reward that I provide. Well, the government is basically doing the same thing at a much higher level. So the government basically issues bonds thinking that other countries are going to buy our debt at a certain interest rate. Our interest rate bill... Government, but also individuals, is, also funds. Yeah, also individuals and funds and things like that, obviously. But that's when it's one country. Now, if everybody is asking for money, if everybody in the world, like now, the European Central Bank, the, 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 uh, the individual countries, central banks, the Fed in the US, and everybody, basically China, everybody is issuing bonds and issuing debt... Who's buying each other's debt? If I, uh, if I'm, if, if the U.S. is printing money and issuing bonds for other countries to buy our debt, our treasuries, like China has been doing forever, but now everybody's Europe is doing the same thing because they have their own crisis in place and they are also issuing the same type of debt or buying. Well, debt. this is where you get into uh, theory of what do you think will happen. So there is. A theory, and I, I do go along with it a bit, that the U.S. can get away with it. Well, well, exactly. Because 
we are the world, the global reserve currency because we are the world's largest superpower. At the end of the day, we have the most powerful military. But, but that's so my point. we can get away with but it. But that's my point. You were saying that the dollar will be devaluated because we're creating so much inflation that even if I say, oh, I'm saving, I'm going to have a million dollars in retirement. So when I'm 64, 65, I'm pretty much set and all that stuff. Well, inflation, if your money in, in dollars means that today a million dollars is a certain buying power or living status, and then 20 years from now, that's actually nothing. You add up inflation year after year. But at the same time, you say, well, but the rest of the currencies are not doing any better. So where is going to come on top? So Right. There's, there's a guy uh, who's a, a excellent geopolitical commentator, and all he talks about is like global markets, currencies, all, all, oil, all these different dynamics. Uh, his name is Peter Zihan, Z-E-I-H-A-N. I recommend people read his stuff. He, he has an excellent blog on this stuff. He can go much more in depth than I can. But um, um, he basically, all he talks about is this. And he and I kind of go along. I disagree. Don't, I don't agree with him on everything, but I agree with him on quite a bit. And he basically says that it's not that the U.S. is any more responsible or competent than all these other governments in terms of fiscally, basically, uh, or in terms of monetary policy. Uh, it's just that the U.S. can get away with it and other countries can't. And that at the end of the day, when things get bad, capital flight always goes to the country with the most safe markets. And at the end of the day, the United States markets are the safest of all the global markets. There's, And it's also the largest because there's only one other market that is not nearly as large, but at least is massive as well, and that's China. But nobody in their right mind is giving money to China. In fact, the Chinese business people are getting their money the fuck out of China. They're trying to get rid of nobody in China. No, no it's like a, it's like a game of like hot potato. Nobody in China wants to hold renminbi. Everybody is like, oh my god, I have all this cash, Chinese cash. Oh, I need to buy a house. Oh, I need to buy. The, yeah, that's the extreme. They're case. just trying to get rid. Well, of that's it. why they. We so that, that's why all the money comes to the U.S. Well, right. So and that's why the, the Chinese- U.S. will get away with it. Not because they're any better or more competent or more responsible, but because the U.S. is just the richest economy in the world, the biggest military but are we, in the world. Yeah, the but the way question is, currency. by doing all these stimulus packages and all these basically printing money out of nothing, are we risking that? Are we risking the fact that we're going to have all this paper money, no, monopoly money that is worth everybody nothing? Everybody else is doing the same thing. Well, exactly. If we were doing it in isolation, it'd be different. But Europe's doing the same exact thing. China doesn't give a damn about their currency. They, they basically, I wouldn't say they openly admit it, but by the fact that they just are the largest buyers of uh, real estate and gold in the world, and they're just trying to convert their cash into assets, you can tell that they don't believe in their own currency. They know that it's gonna collapse eventually, but by then their hope is we have so many other assets, it doesn't matter, right? So this it's the same thing, like Europe, uh, I've said it on this podcast. I'll say it again. The euro is fucked. The EU is fucked. It won't exist in 10 years. They're going to split up. It's it's done. Euro is done. The euro died 10 years ago. It's well, just a walking but I mean, if, zombie. Even if that happens, um, what, do they go back to the individual currencies? I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I because can tell you Because before the eurozone, there was the European Union as far as the yeah. country yeah, free the trade. The euro is done. I think the EU is done. As a, mm, I don't know if it's going to be done. Yeah, um, I think I think at some point Germany's going to leave and then it's over. That's what I think. I I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. But anyways, that's that's a whole that's a whole discussion. But anyways, point is the U.S. may end up getting away with it because of their power. 
But but but, but I was trying to get beyond that. I was trying to see that that we've had in the last twelve, fourteen years no. two situations where one is an economic uh, financial bubble, which is what happened in two thousand eight, nine, and now we have this one, which is a pandemic. It's a whole different situation. But the resort is like we basically allow people. I know we say that we had to have money for this rainy day. You know, rainy day funds for for these situations, and obviously, rainy day is one thing. Rainy months is another, and that's part of my rant later. But this is like now five, six months. Well, but I, rainy how day, much do? But how much but do for governments months? Right, months. I mean, right. But recessions but, don't. But the point away. is that if if we have always in the back of our mind, okay, I'm gonna take all these risks, calculate it or not, or whatever. Um, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. If I fail, okay, I have bankruptcy, I can just wipe off all my debt and then start over. Yeah, whatever the record is. And then if, I, if there's something that is beyond my control, the government is going to bail us out and I can apply for this. It's like we always have this kind of parachute in mind that is like, I mean, back in the days when the government wasn't involved and you start a business and it didn't work, it's like, fuck, it didn't work. You know, or I need to do more. Now we're more, uh, we're acting more entitled. Like, uh, like we think, oh, I didn't create this. Okay, well, yeah, you didn't create the hurricane either. But you know, get uh, it, it's just, I just get this feeling that we're all moving on relying too much. We complain about the government affecting our lives or getting too micromanaging in our lives. But at the same time, it's it's very very um, ironic and and hypocrite that just as much as we complain of the government affecting everything and getting interfering with us and we're the free, free country oh, and all no, stuff. I love the fact that like, and like then, Boeing, Boeing CEO is like a staunch Republican and right. then he's asking for handouts. Like, right, and you. then, exactly, and then we rely on the government to bail us out for everything. It's like, okay, well, why do you have a supercar or why are you living you in can't this mansion a, you or can't whatever? You can be a libertarian when it's convenient, but then switch to socialism but even, when even it's not. But even President Trump was complaining. He, oh, I mean, Trump, yeah, I mean, I Trump mean, has totally lied and failed. Well, on I know. And, and the thing is, and, and this is not a political discussion, but before he was president, he was complaining about Janet Yellen saying, okay, well, she's keeping interest rates too low, right. oh, too yeah, long and this and that. And the, the unemployment figures right. are totally fake. He talked fake. about the deficit. He talked Right. Saying, oh, yeah, this unemployment with Obama is totally fake because we're not really counting the real unemployment rate. All the inflation is not really right because it doesn't count this and that. All that stuff that he was saying. Now that he becomes president, it's the opposite. Right. The, he he basically You're trying to do a politician. Yeah, he You're killed. Supposed to be the anti. He killed Jerome Powell, saying, "Oh, you're keeping interest rates too high. We need to go zaps like under zero, basically negative interest rates." It's like, okay, well, when the economy was going well, that's when interest rates are supposed to be like four, five, six percent. Okay, make people, you know, let the interest rate float. I don't understand why we need in good mm -hmm. times. If you want the Fed to artificially lower it, fine. But let it float. And by that, I mean not be manipulated. Let the market decide the interest exactly, rate. Exactly, exactly. So, so you can't trust even hardcore politicians or business people that think one way no, when they're out of power. Exactly. They do what's convenient. Exactly. And now it's convenient for him to say, oh, well, interest rates should be actually negative. And unemployment, oh, look at the economy was booming. It was the best economy in the world before this happened. We had the highest stock market, which, as we say, is not a reflection of the economy. We had the lowest unemployment. What? That was the same unemployment figures and, and gauge that we used before that you said that's not the true unemployment. And it's the same thing now. You know, so so you can't say this is great before and then when nothing changes now, the same things that you used to say that was negative now is positive and just because it's convenient for you. And in the meantime, we keep just artificially pumping the economy as needed when in reality we have this big bubble now that people don't understand where they get a check in the mail and it's like, oh, I got a check in the mail. Oh, I got a check in the mail for this, uh, my 
grandfather that actually passed away last year. This is great. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. But I don't know how we get out of this thing. That's the thing. Because yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I, I, I think the, the answer is not what people want to hear. I don't think there's an easy way out. Well, it's not. I mean, we know I that. Think, I mean, you don't get out. Of like, this I mean, we didn't even mention other things like the social security crisis. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like at some point, it, that bubble's gonna pop, right? Like, like it's inevitable, right? They just uh, they keep promising more money than they have, and, and I don't know a solution to that because, unfortunately, you know, if you tell someone their whole life, hey, you're paying into this. And so by the time you retire, you're going to get this money. You're going to have this security blanket. You can't just take that away from them. Right. right? But at some point, we're either going to have, we're going to have to do something. Well, you I, have I to know. do something. I know. And even, right? It's it, going to, it's going to, you either, it's either all going to just completely explode at some point or you take well, that's happening. austere measures before. That's happening in you all have countries to do that, all, that, that, that social security is basically bankrupt is the biggest ponzi scheme in the world right. where you basically invest money that is paying out retirement for people that are 20 years older than you and then by the time you get older you, you know what i think the they're gonna people. do but you know but what i think they're gonna do print more money print money well exactly. that's exactly what exactly so that's my point like like right now it's like okay i'm, I'm taking 40 percent out of my money or whatever money the company or, the, or personally you make and you say okay depending on your tax bracket and all that stuff okay you pay between 10 15 20 30 up to 40 percent and it goes to the government right. you pay then, people pay 15 percent of their money their whole lives in social security yeah, taxes I, I people a, don't realize it because they think it's seven and a half it's yeah, not it's 15. They, yeah they pay 15 percent between between social security taxes and medicare between their personal and employer or yourself employee you pay the whole amount yourself so they know maybe so, they don't know it but they know it or or they see so basically the, the one in, and on top of that the one in every taxes. eight dollars you make your entire life goes to this but then and it may not be there when but you the retire. government keeps saying oh we need to increase taxes because okay we're spending a lot of money and your money is not enough so we need to get more money from your money so we can spend more money it's like fuck i mean you're telling me to balance my budget that not spend more than i make and you're spending more than you make because you make money with the money that me and the other 350 million people give you and then you're spending more than that and you improve right. this surplus in the budget. And it all and started this. happening because it was supposed to be this separate fund when yeah. it was initially set like up. It's almost like a, it was yeah. isolated. It's like an escrow. It's supposed to right. be there and you don't touch it, but this then they start touching it. It's not touched. Right. But then, of course, as always happens, politicians at some point said, hey, we need more money. We don't want to raise taxes because people don't like that. It's no public. Right. We can't really print more. Hey, but we have this huge bank account with all this money from all right. these people. Uh, how about spending less money? How about here? the same thing that you tell people? You need to tighten your belt. You need to spend less right. money at these yeah, times. Okay, government, spend less money. Especially okay? federal. But the other thing, the other thing like, that pisses me off is like, I mean, when you, I don't know about other people's tax. I mean, it's pretty similar for most people, but the far majority of taxes you pay is federal. Yeah, you don't pay that much in state and local city taxes. It used to be the opposite. By I mean, the way. for me, it used, for me this year, I think I measure. I think it was about eighty-five percent of my money that I paid in taxes went to the federal government. Right, and it's like. But that money is so obfuscated. That money, when it goes to the federal government, right. it's like gone. You know, right. it goes to buy some fucking missile. But, and but, it goes but to not buy... Only that, not only that, I mean... To, I would much rather... If you told me, hey, you can pay the same amount in taxes, but now half of it is going to go to your local area where it directly affects you, I would be much happier to pay that. And But the other thing that this situation is making me think is like, okay, well, before 
obviously the government printing money was not possible. I mean, back in the Nixon days when the, the dollar or the currency was associated to the to gold. Basically. Oh, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different discussion. I don't want to get into that. But basically, back in the days, if you have gold that is worth X amount of money, and that, that was your money, and then because you cannot trade bricks of gold, you trade paper, which is a note that says, okay, right. this represents this. So that's how it was. Then we disassociated the, the money from the gold, and then all hell broke loose. I mean, now we have every money we want, so we're printing money. But I, I question the government and say, okay, why, why do you take... 30% or 40% or 20% of people's money for you if when you need more money you just print it how about just give me all my money so I have more money to spend don't take yeah, my taxes and then just print the fucking money you need you can't just print infinitely that's well, why I, I know but they print it it looks like that's what they're doing yeah but that's I mean it's like it's like oh the government well that's they, also a problem of there's, okay. a, there's a reason why our national debt is like what 20 trillion dollars right now 26 26 trillion dollars that's fucking amazing I mean I don't even know how many zeros is that and who's paying that and how for, for how long and where, is there any limit to it to the debt I mean, you have a debt-to-income ratio for, for families saying, okay, well, I'm making, we're making so much money, household income, so we can afford this, we can afford that. It's like the government doesn't even fucking care about that stuff. And again, who's buying our debt? I mean, that money comes from somewhere. Our GDP is like not even enough compared well, to Well, that's the thing. The government buys its own debt, too. We, yeah. We print money and buy treasuries with our own money. Right. Right. We take money out of one pocket. Yeah, exactly. And we put it in the other. Exactly. It's just every every analogy you can use that people understand saying, oh, well, I don't have money, so I'm going to borrow myself money from here. I'm giving it to this pocket. Now I feel better. And this pocket is empty, and I owe money. From right, because the, this pocket I, for is people rich. who don't know how, the, how the, the debt works, when we issue debt, it's at auctions. You have auctions for treasury bonds. Correct. Um, and if there's not enough bidders, which has been happening, the government will just buy Right. They'll just basically be their own bidder. It's like, right. you know, you ever seen an auction where you have like the, like remember in Uncut Gems? Yes. Where he's selling the rock yeah. and then uh, he has his like father-in-law or something and Kevin Garnett is buying it and he's like, yeah, yeah, bid up, bid up. Right. And then the father-in-law ends up buying well, it. Well, it's the, it's the old Same trick with, with eBay auctions when you call your, right. you, you sell something and yeah. you call your friends to bid and I'll bid and I'll bid. Oldest trick in the book. And then yeah, at the so end you end up buying your own thing. You just pop the price and then you end up buying your own thing, which obviously doesn't matter, but you just pump it, you know. All right, so um, I wanted to get, um, this, is, this is a discussion that we could have for ever. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, um, you talked about do people know? No, people don't because it's not something that is ever like taught or anything. No one teaches monetary theory at fucking high school. Are you kidding me? No, nobody talks. Well, about I wouldn't that go stuff. that deep, but I mean, some, well, you should talk basic, about basic. You should talk about financial I mean, education. Uh, like it, it'll be nice if when you're in high school, about to go to college, instead of having all these career days and all that stuff, if they have a financial advisor, a really fiduciary financial advisor that is looking after students and tell them, let me tell you how student loans work, okay? Which we discuss here too. And say, universities are gonna want you to come there. And then you're gonna ask for a student loan because they want you to go there, but obviously they but know that the you thing. can afford like, the money. that's the thing. Like, schools would never do that. Well, I know, but this is Because the thing. they don't want... Like, all these high schools, a lot of them uh, get not necessarily funding, but they get... Uh, they try to draw in students by saying... By promoting their college admission rate. Okay, but... So that's why college... Our, our high school counselors and advisors will tell people, oh, don't apply to good schools 
because if you don't get in, it lowers our admission rate. So they yeah. just want but, you to but that's, apply that's the whole thing. to the local school. Exactly. They know but, you'll but get on in the there. financial side, as you say, okay, guys, this yeah, is... but that's not their problem, so they don't care. Well, it is. I mean, you're trying to get the best out of your students, and you yeah, tell them, hey, you're going to get into a, into a college. That's once you graduate, you you're not their problem anymore. Okay. Well, that's very selfish because you're supposed that's to... That's the world we live in. You're suppo- yeah, I understand. In the but same way that politicians... About, why do politicians do shortcuts every time, all the time? Because guess what? They're in office for four years and then it's somebody else's fucking problem. Why, why can politicians today print infinite money and know they don't have consequences? Because it might not rear its head for another 10 years. And by then, they're long gone. They don't care. Trump will be long gone. He doesn't care. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, yeah, even if you, you have the, the best intentions to fix everything, I mean, the country, let's say that your term is four years and you have this, let's say, independent candidate that comes with the best intentions yeah, saying, if we elected a four-year emperor what would you do right you're four-year emperor you're but, but, but the problem Go is ahead. that you you cannot solve things quickly so you have this dilemma when you become a, a, a president right, if, even if you have the best intentions you have this dilemma where you say okay well i have four years to fix this i know four years is not enough okay That's so why- so then i have this thing between do i want to be popular and do the right thing or do I want to look good but not being so good really for the long term? So because you are really in your first four years, you are more on probation than you're actually doing anything or, or anything else. So you're trying to do, be good enough so that you can be reelected and have eight years to get your tenure and your the, whole thing. The theme. problem with being a president is that to do a good job, you're going to have to be hated. You're going to have to do well, things. Well, that's that, my point. In, in the same way that... Why do people think their bosses are assholes? Some bosses are actual assholes, but a lot of them are not assholes. It's just that they have to do the hard things and make the hard decisions right. that it's people not, don't it's like. It's not a popularity contest. Exactly. And, and, and you need and to so, do what you have to do. Right. But and at the so, same time, you have this my, thing but, about being reelected. Right, exactly. So my point is the, the hard thing to do is tell people no and take budget away from people and cut things but that's not popular, right? And if you're at a company, when you're not democratically elected and you're just a company, basically, that's what CEOs do. CEOs, they don't want to be the asshole, but sometimes they have to be the asshole and they say, listen, you're fired, I'm sorry. You know, they have to lay off 20% of the workforce because they don't have a choice. Or they make cuts here and there, they take away benefits. They make the hard decisions and they're looked at as the asshole, but they do it because it's what needs to be done, not because they want to look good. And that's what a president needs to do. But the problem is, if the president does that, then he probably doesn't get reelected. Well, that's and, that's, and that will, takes me to a last quick point about this. I mean, we have elections, obviously, in four months here or so. And, uh, and we have two candidates, one that is incumbent president, whatever, Trump, and then we have Biden. But do we think that Biden is going to fix this thing? And if so, at no. his age, is he going to fix it in four years? Because we know he's not going to be... In, he's not going to be reelected. I mean, I don't think he's going to be even running re-election, even if he makes it to the end of his tenure, basically based on just age, okay? So what kind of longevity do we give it to a new president to fix everything that he claims can f- be fixed in less than four years? Or if he gets, you know... Well, it's not even uh, just the president. Like, obviously, the president ultimately can't even do that much. Like, one well, of the reasons why the, so many Democrats blasted bernie was like listen you say all these things but you're not going to do any of them like like he like basically one of the biggest 
arguments against Bernie was like, listen, you can say all these beautiful things. You're right. not going to get a single one of them done. You're not going to get any of these things passed through Congress because right. you can't even get Democratic support. Forget about the Republicans. Right. And so that's one of the things against Bernie was like, you can say all these beautiful things. You're not going to get any of them passed. And it's the same with all the presidents. And he was like an extreme case. But like, yeah, the idea that a president could come in and just fix. Well, the no, obviously we know that they they they. They have power, but they don't have the power that people think they have. No, they but at the end of the day, it's, it's Congress and, and, and the House and the Senate that actually sign off on the, on the laws. Right. So, all right, well, I wanted to move finally to the uh, rant of the week. And this oh is the, what I said about Ooh. the uh, coronavirus. So this will be quick. But one of the things that is really frustrating for me, um, and I think it's for everybody, is that the fact that we started with the coronavirus or the pandemic um, back in, um, in January that we knew about it. I mean, February started becoming more of a concern for globally. And then I think it was beginning of March when it was declared a pandemic by the, uh, the, by the World Health Organization, the WHO, or WHO, whatever. Um, anyways, my point is that it's been like, let's say we started like mid-February knowing about it and being concerned about it, or January, and now we're in July. So it's been like five, six months now. And it's amazing that we still know nothing about this freaking virus. I mean, we're still debating six months later whether wearing a mask is good or bad or convenient or necessary or not necessary, whether the distance is even a factor, whether the virus is transmitted uh, in the air or droplets or protection and all that stuff. It's, uh, I mean, the vaccine is like 200 companies are coming out with vaccines and treatments and all that stuff. We don't fucking know where we are six months later. We just have reporting cases. Oh, the U.S. cases this, the U.S. cases that. Mortality rate. Nobody knows dick about mortality rate these days. They get. They just focus on the cases, like more cases in Florida, more cases here, more cases there. Yeah, because that that's the headlines. Before it was like, okay, the U.S. is reaching this number, this number of deaths, the number of deaths, all that stuff. Oh, we're hundred thousand people dead in the U.S. Now the number is lost. I, I I guarantee you that you ask people on the street how many people have died of coronavirus in the U.S. They don't have. They don't have a fucking clue. They don't know if it's 100,000 or 300,000 or whatever. I think the number is actually 130-something at this point. Um, but my point is that six months later, with all these debates and headlines and news and everything else, we still know nothing. Really. I mean, well, we're still debating whether we have to wear masks or not. I mean, if they are good or not and which, which masks are good. I mean, you read one article and they say, well, this little surgical mask that we wear, they do nothing with this virus. This virus is so microscopic that that mask is not going to protect you anything and they say oh it's not to it's not from you to get the viruses from protecting you from giving it to somebody else well it doesn't matter it's the same deal you know the same ha the same thing happens i mean we're still saying whether that is visible or not then you open places and they say like france is just uh approving or imposing wearing the masks in uh in close in local in closed locales in closed places public places it's like okay so yeah that's another token thing like we were here you go to a restaurant i've been to many restaurants or a few restaurants over the last maybe since they opened like two three weeks and uh it's really such a fake situation you go there with your mask and then the moment you sit down you take it off and you're talking to everything you're talking to your guys if it circulates through the air they have air conditioning these all kinds of conditions the air is circulating so I'm talking, obviously you're eating, you cannot eat with a mask and drinking all the stuff and touching things and menus and all that stuff. And then you walk away, you put your mask on again, just to walk around. It's like, is this really necessary? Does that make a difference? Or is it just because there's a sign on the door that the governor of 
name your state has said that it's mandatory to wear a mask when you're indoors or in restaurants or whatever. Are we just trying to be, uh, to look good or to actually be good and do the right thing? And that's, I, I understand why people are confused and people say, fuck, is the mask doing anything for me or not? You know, so that's, that's my rant. I mean, it's like you, you would imagine with all these developed countries, top edge countries behind this virus and investigating and putting the top researchers and scientists and everything, immunologists and all that stuff researching this thing, in six months we'll have a little more clarity on what is good and what is bad and what to do. But we don't. And we don't even know what we're going to find out about that stuff. We don't even know it yet. So that's the part that is really frustrating for me that you realize, okay, in February, it's a March, March, oh, this is a hoax or whatever. It's going to go back away, It'll back to zero, you know, this and that. And it's not just the U.S. It's every country. Like I said, I read, I read newspapers from pretty much most of European countries, the U.S. and all the stuff. They, they're doing the same thing there. They're just winging it. They're just saying, okay, we open. Oh, no, we don't open. Oh, we have our new... Uh, 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 situation here we're going to close this we're going to make this region now go back to confinement it's like they don't fucking know what they're doing and just trying to please the people because they it's like everything they have elections they have voting they have this they have that and and they're just trying to make people you know uh agree with them you know but at the end of the day they don't know what they're doing we don't know what we're doing and to me that's really really frustrating i understand how people are getting frustrated and people are just going like, hey, we had riots here. That's probably nothing. I mean, down the road, if we don't solve this bit, people are going to be fed up and say, okay, somebody fucking know what we're doing here. You know? Anyways, that's my rant. I don't know if you have anything to add to it. But I'm going to say something that shouldn't be controversial, but I think is. Um, real masks, rated masks, like N95 and 99, those work. Uh, cloth masks don't do anything. I think people should know that. But that's controversial. Just saying that right now, there's probably someone upset at me saying that. But they don't. Like, I'm not saying, like, I don't give a shit about, like, I think these people, like, if cloth masks did work, I would say, oh, yeah, this wear masks. Like, I think these people who say, oh, I'm not wearing a mask, my freedom, fuck you. You're a fucking moron, okay? That's not why I'm saying that. I'm saying it because cloth masks don't work because they don't do anything uh, because it's cloth. Like it's Why? Cool. It's not meant to be a, a, not, a mask. Because the virus, right, even... So I ha I went out back in February and bought N95 masks, okay, because those are rated and those are supposed to be... It, it depends on the size of the microbes of the virus. Right. Um, it's the filter. And even N95 may not be... They say that it's enough. not. They it's say better that than nothing, right. but it may not even be... You may need, even need N99. But getting N99 is just... I can't even find but that, it. But that's the, that's the point. But that the point is, like, yeah, like a surgical mask, like, it has holes on the sides when people wear... Like, it's not yeah. sealed. Right. Like, it's, for, it's made for a different purpose. Right. A surgical okay. mask is literally made for surgery right. so that when the person's operating, they don't, like, spit or anything onto right. the table exactly basically or, or on the, the person on the person that or is when they're open. talking and saying it's not different that you're a, a person in a food supply place they make you wear a right. hair net or something so your hair doesn't accidentally fall in the soup right okay but it's not supposed to protect your hair from anything it's just protecting the, the right. where you're working on from getting hers but but that's the point that when the government is sending back to the stimulus packages and all the stuff it's like okay you try to buy an n95 or n99 
good fucking luck with that because it's so hard or so expensive that people can afford them. So, okay, why don't the government say, okay, you know what? We're going to send, instead of a check, we're going to send a mask, a good mask, to every American so they wear it. And not only that, we're going to send maybe once a month until this thing is over. And then no American has an excuse, no American has an excuse not to wear a mask based on what we're doing. And if that's the situation, and if that's the solution, yeah, let's all freaking wear a mask for two, three weeks and then solve the problem. But when you see a guy with a super surgical mask and the other guy has a bandana and the other guy has something, it's yeah, like, like the, what the when fuck? they say like, you need to have at least a bandana. That's yeah. so stupid. I'm sorry, but that is so stupid. It is. A bandana does nothing. In fact, a <laughs> bandana is probably counterproductive because you're just keeping moisture in your mouth. Not only that, there's no mask protocol. I mean, I, I've worn masks. I I'm literally first... went to the grocery store the other day and some guy, I think, forgot his mask. And so he's sitting, standing in line, like at the checkout with a handkerchief. I know. I'm like, is that doing I know. anything? That's doing nothing. What does that do? And, and I've, been, I've, I've traveled quite a bit, and, then I, and I'm guilty as everybody else. So I'm not saying, I'm just saying the, the, the fallacy of the situation. I mean, it's just like. I don't understand why we can't have like normal conversations about this. Like, people will get. Just, it's that everything has to become political. Right. Like, you I talk can't, mask like, is political. You talk this is political. Everything is political. It's right. like, okay, if, forget the pandemic. If you wear a mask for protection, like you see these hazmat people, they have a whole protocol. They wear their suits, right, so, they take an air shower, so they do this and that. And now we're wearing masks where I, I have it in my hands, I put it in my pocket, I put it on the table, which could be full of germs, then I put it back, and then at the end of all that stuff, I put it in my mouth. So, and it's supposed to protect me. Yeah, the protocol is one thing, but even just even if you follow proper protocol, like, the, the, so there's been plenty of studies on masks way before this, okay? We've been using masks for a long time, just not at a mass population level. Uh, and they basically say, even for, forget the coronavirus, just for normal, like, cold and flu, they say, like, yeah, a, a cloth mask doesn't do anything. It's not going to protect you from anything or stop you from spreading it. Basically, for right. regular cold and flu, I'm not even talking about the coronavirus. They've done studies and they said that people who wore cloth masks versus people who wore nothing, we saw no difference. And they said, in fact, in some cases, people with cloth got it more because they think they retained right. the moisture. Right. So a cloth mask, wearing a fucking bandana over your face, does nothing because it's porous. If you hold it up to the light, you can see through it, okay? That's not stopping shit. We're talking about microbes. Shit is so small you can't even see it. So how is something that you can literally see the holes in the fabric? Right. How is that going to stop anything? But, but why is that controversial to say? Now, that doesn't mean... I didn't mean, even know it was controversial. It definitely is controversial. But even if... so, Because I'm, I'm basically saying if you're going to force people to wear masks, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with saying everybody should wear masks. But people should wear masks that work. Right. But if we don't have masks that work... Just telling people, oh, wear a cloth over your face, that doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. We're just lying to ourselves. Well, that's the, that's the whole frustration that I was talking about in the, in the rant. It's like, even you have authorities like Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, and the, oh, no, there's, I don't want to point point them, but uh, it's like, oh, mask is not necessary. Oh, yeah, it's necessary. Oh, even if you wear something, just protect your face. I mean, I've heard everything. Yeah. No. And at the end of the day, I understand in the first, in the beginning of the pandemic, we were learning the size of the virus, the, the, how, it is, how it spreads, this and that. But fuck, it's been six months. Six months and a global pandemic, meaning from the World Health Organization to the CDCs to the CDCs of all the different countries to all the scientists have been learning more about the virus. And we're still six months later, don't know how to wear a mask or even if it's necessary or we're even questioning it. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for today. Uh, David, thank you for joining me. And uh, we'll be back next week. Um, 
thank you all of you for joining us today. Um, this podcast is brought to you by MGR. We have no sponsors, and we like to keep it that way. We like to speak freely without being tied up to any sponsors. So we'll keep it that way for as long as we can, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.